is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources, and you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. This is episode 13 of season seven. Now I know, I know we normally only do 12 episodes, but we had so many topics that we wanted to cover, so many interesting guests um, that we've really pushed the boat out this season. We're going to go right up to Christmas with 15 episodes. So make sure that you're subscribed so that you keep getting them. Um, This is also the longest term known to man. I don't know if you've got children in school, but mine finish super, super late. We're in the middle of an eight week half term. So keep going, guys. It's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, I hope you survive all the all the festive madness and that this podcast encourages you and helps you as you do. We're going to be tackling another pretty tricky, pretty big topic um, today, which is all about self-harm and eating disorders. We've got a doctor in the house and uh, Lisi's going to be talking to Ola Shea about how we can navigate that. So as we've said a few times in this season, this might be something that's really relevant to your family right now or to a friend, or it might be one that um, you just save, have a listen to in case it's something that ever comes up or that you pass on. Um, You can either share in your church Facebook group or send to a friend, whatever. Um, But yeah, just see if there's another way that you might be able to bless or encourage someone with it. Um, It is December. December has started, but you are not too late to grab our free Advent devotional, Don't worry that you're past the first. It really doesn't matter. Um, It's super, super flexible, so you can use it however you want to. And there are only three readings per week. So even if you wanted to start now, uh, you're not behind. You can just go for it. So our heart behind that, I think I've shared before, is really to get you as a family reading the Bible or get children and young people reading it themselves and to think about the big picture of God's story through Advent, and just to kind of increase your confidence of opening up any Bible passage and digging into it and seeing what God's saying and connecting with him through that. So do enjoy that. But let's go and hear now from Lucy and Olusheya. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Olusheya Arikawe, who is a medical doctor with nearly 30 years of experience. She is a GP and a GP trainer, a fellow of the Royal College of General Practitioners, and holds a diploma from the Royal College of Gynaecology and the Faculty of Family Planning. Olusheya uses her knowledge of medicine and her faith to help Christians connect the facts of science to the truths of God's words. She has a blog called A Word for Her, and she writes on issues relating to health, faith and prayers. She has authored an ebook called How to Make Menopause a Positive Experience, which is available on Amazon. We'll link it in the show notes. And she is also a wife and mum to an adult daughter. Shea, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. Thank you so much, Lissy. I'm thrilled to be here today. It's an absolute honour and I know we're just going to get so much from your wisdom. So today we are talking about a difficult subject. We're talking about the destructive behaviours that our children and teens can exhibit. But we know that there is so much hope and encouragement as well. So just a trigger warning there that there will be uh, talk of self-harm, of mental health issues, of eating disorders. Uh, If if those topics are going to be difficult or you want to make sure you're listening uh, without uh, young children around, uh, then, then that 
that's the warning there. Um, but we also hope to bring a lot of light and encouragement uh, through through this interview. So Shaya, can you kick us off by just sharing what are the most common issues that you're seeing in your practice at the moment? Thank you, Lucy. So in my GP practice, when we talk about destructive behaviours that young people do, some of the things I see uh, some of the things we've mentioned actually, like eating disorders, is actually on the rise in the last couple of years. Wow. And this could happen to young kids. People tend to think it's a lifestyle issue, but it's not. Mm. It's actually a mental health disorder and it could occur in very young, young kids and young adults, even in adults as well. And then when we talk about self-harming, that could be in the form of cutting or maybe taking drug overdose. And there are issues with drug and alcohol as well. In, very young people, young adults. Wow, that's that already covers a huge kind of range of di- different issues, doesn't it? Um, when families come to you with any one of these uh, issues, what are the kinds of things that you can do as a GP? Is, is there much that you can recommend or prescribe? Right. So, as a GP, usually when family come, sometimes the parent come alone actually, without their either their young adult or their children, or they come with a child. And you can see that we we generally need to think about the parent and the child. Mm. So we're going to be supportive for the parent. The parents are usually distraught and sometimes in shock or disbelief. Maybe they just notice or seen that their child has been self-harming and covering it up, or they notice something not quite right with this child. They're concerned that the child may have eating disorder, or maybe the child has actually taken an overdose. So we we generally need to find out why is this happening. We sometimes I would have to speak to the child alone. The mom we may have to you know leave the room while I talk to the child. So it's just to find out why has this happened? Why is this young child doing this? Are there issues at home? Are there any other learning issues at school? Is it to do with previous trauma? But sometimes I know real issues why this is happening, and it's interesting that the young people. Well, they didn't. They didn't let their parents know that this is happening to them. Most of them is actually because they are worried that their parents are going to be too upset about what's going on. Mm. So I've I've seen young people saying to me, "I don't want my mom to know. I don't want to upset her." And I remember saying to them that it's the job of the parents to be anxious or to worry about the child. Yeah, you know, because you want them to be able to open up to their parents. Yes, it's good that open up to you as a GP and trying to express what they've been doing, but you they need the support of their parents. So. It's more or less saying to them, it's okay. Your mom will worry, but that's the job of the mom to worry. So as a GP, you you can, you can I mean, this is more than a 10-minute thing. Usually <laughs> yeah. when you have a case of that, you know, you're going to be spending a lot more time because there's a young child here who has actually maybe tried to arm themselves. Some could be as a cry for help. But in some cases, there are deep-seated mental health issues. They really actually want to commit suicide. And that's one that you really worry about. You may actually need to get them seen immediately. If you think that immediate risks of harm to themselves, they may need to be admitted to hospital or you may need to get the mental health team involved. You may need to get the crisis team involved immediately. They've taken an overdose. They might need to go into hospital to be checked so that they haven't done any major or serious harm to themselves. Some are a bit more subtle. Maybe they just know that the child is, you know, a bit withdrawn, a bit depressed, and there's no immediate risk. Then you could take time to actually evaluate what's going on. Are there issues with this child? 
do you want to be supportive to the mother and said, well, maybe we need to refer them for counseling. And as you are dealing with the child, you're dealing with the parents because as a, as a parent, if they also are struggling because of what's going on with their child and they can't support the child. So you may need to also support the, the parents as well and to me that you want to refer them for any form of counseling and things like that. So you don't necessarily have to prescribe medication. Most of the time, it's more of therapy, can be counseling and therapy. I mentioned eating disorders earlier on as well. That also can actually be an emergency. Sometimes when they're struggling with eating disorder, they might have maybe put themselves in so much risks of, of starvation or dehydration that they actually also need to be admitted. They're specialized eating disorders unit where as a GP, you can refer someone to. And the good thing about eating disorder is that if this is picked up early and if you give them the right help at the right time, they can actually get better. A lot of people can actually, you know, get better from eating disorder. It doesn't have to be something that will be there forever. So it's that that's the positive side to you. But a lot of time, this is not diagnosed on time. And by the time you're getting to know about it, it's gone so far in. So it's important to be able to pick up these things early so that they can get the right up. But there's help available. There's so much that we can do for them as a GP. Well, praise God, there is so much help available. And praise God also that healing is is possible. Um, but just to pick up on something you said there about kind of detecting it early, what are the kind of early signs that we as parents uh, or, or possibly leaders, children's and youth leaders should be looking out for, which might indicate that our child is indulging in these sorts of behaviours or maybe on a pathway to, to kind of these, these sorts of behaviours are the things that we can, we can look out for. Yes, definitely. So that's why as parents, we need to be very observant. We need to try to know our children. You know, you need to know them so that you will notice when something is wrong. They may become withdrawn. You just think there's a sudden change in personality. This child is not the same. I mean, sometimes it could be just something, maybe something that just happened at school and maybe just a couple of days. But if this is actually prolonged, that this child is actually different, they are withdrawn, they're not their usual self. You know, for, for kids that self-harming, you can notice that they're wearing loose baggy clothing. Okay. Or maybe the weather is so hot and they're wearing things that's covering them because they don't want you to see it. Most yeah. kids want to hide it from their parents or from other people. And like I said, the main reason why they're hiding is because they don't want their parents to get upset. Sometimes that like really touch my heart. I'm like, let them, your parents need to know. Yes. They will get upset, <laughs> but it's okay for them to know. So they start wearing loose and baggy clothing. You know, they start feeling withdrawn. They start getting very irritable or they get anxious and depressed. I just noticed, oh, oh, for, oh, again, for eating disorders, Maybe you packed your child's packed lunch and then you find that every time they're coming back home and the food has not been eaten and you're thinking what's going on with this child it's because you didn't like what I packed. But this has become like a kind of pattern. But they are trying to miss meal times or avoiding to eat if you're kind of family that eat together at the table. Maybe they're trying to make excuses at meal times. They're not coming to sit down at the table. Some eating disorder will present with, with the young adult or child constantly vomiting. Okay. And you notice that they're actually constantly vomiting or they're losing weight and you can't explain why. Mm. Of course, some of these symptoms can be due to something else. Yes. So I don't want us to think, oh, my child has been vomiting. He has no, doesn't mean that they're <laughs> So it could be something as I raising. So it's important to actually seek for medical help so that the GP can try to evaluate and find out what's going on. How should we respond 
if we become aware that our child is suffering or a child in our child uh, children's or youth group is suffering what are the kinds of things we can do practically and spiritually so as parents i think i know if you notice that your child is doing this the first thing is probably for you to start to want to blame yourself start to feel what did i do wrong why me why my child you know we tend to want to take a lot on board we tend to want to start to feel is it something you've done wrong maybe you haven't been a good parent so the first thing is to stop do not play the blame game no one should take the blame as parents we all try the best we can i know we are not perfect parents we are all still work in progress you know but when i try to do things that we are not very happy with and we shouldn't take the blame for for that we shouldn't take the guilt because more often than not, parents tend to also have difficulties when their child is having these difficulties. And if you as a parent start to get yourself in the point when you're also having all these issues and challenges, then it's difficult for you to support the child. Mm-hmm. You need to then be in a, in a safe place so that because the child is going to a really dark and difficult time with either self-harming or eating disorders or alcohol and drug issues or overdose and all sorts of things. So as a parent, you need to be in a good frame of mind. You need to be in a good place so that you can be there for your for your child, you can support them. You need to then make sure that we don't freak out. Yeah. I once watched a video of a, of a young adult that said that they just wanted to listen. They want somebody that will listen, that will understand them. They want to feel vulnerable without them thinking you're going to judge them. So mm-hmm. don't judge. Don't show that you're really alarmed at what's happening. Of course, you need to take action. Obviously, we need to take them to the doctor to so make sure we get the right help. But let them understand that the the home is a safe place where they can express themselves. Yeah. You know, they let them feel that yes, despite the fact that of course you're not happy, no parent will be happy to find out that child is self-harming. But let them understand that you you're supportive, you want to find out why, you want to be there for them, you want to see them through this difficult time. So so we we don't judge, we listen to them, we get the right help for them by taking them to the doctors, by getting the specialist interest. And as a Christian, of course, we know we want to pray with them. We want to pray for them. But the important thing is that we want to help them to understand who they are in Christ. You know, I think one major thing that we can teach our children is the love of God. Mm. Once we lose that, you know, no matter how young or early that child is, because in life, you're going to go through things. There'll be times that you would want to doubt whether you're really loved by God. Yeah. So you want to imbibe that in your child from at a very that God loves you no matter what. Mm. That you are loved by God. And they need to know that Lord. They need to know who they are in Christ. Because some of them are going through a lot of identity crises. They, like the eating disorder, for instance, they have this, you know, like a, an abnormal perception of their body image. You will see a child that is very underweight and they're saying to your face that I feel overweight. I think mm. I, 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 I know they... You're just thinking, no, you're not. You look, you're good the way you are. So they need to be able to know who they are in Christ. You know, I just love what Ephesians, it, I think it was in Ephesians 1, that talked about who we are in Christ. You're blessed, you're chosen, you're adopted, you're forgiven. You know, no matter how we, how we can explain that to a child, no matter how, how, you know, how young this child is, let them grow up with that kind of knowing that I, I, I'm someone of God loves me. And doesn't matter what I go through, God's love will always be there. God created me in his image. 
you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's have a time, maybe when the time when we come together and, and share the word mm. together with our children or just share the love of God with them. Maybe we make that, okay, maybe it's once a week that we almost eat together at the table. Or maybe this is family time, no no social media, all phones, and even us, because we're also addicted to our phones, <laughs> isn't it? We're the worst sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't tell our kids that uh, get off the phone, get off your PlayStation while we're busy texting or on our Facebook page and Instagram pages. So we just have a time where we say downtime. This time is family time where we just sit together just to just to get to know what's going on with, with, with one another, to spend time together. Maybe it's meal times together. But important to teach them the word. Important to let them know what the word says so that when they start to go through this difficult time, they will remember and we can always encourage them, pray with them, pray for them. And you talked about youth leaders. I think we need to talk more about mental health in churches. Yes. You know, sometimes it depends on what's going on at home. Some kids have difficult, you know, issues. And maybe the reason why they're self-harming is because of the issues going on at home. And if they happen to be in church or they go to Sunday school, that's a place where we need to maybe have processes and procedure in place, not just for kids that are self-harming or having all these difficulties, even if you're a friend to someone, because they talk to their friend. If they don't talk to you, they will show their friend. Their friend may find out that my friend has got this, you know, I can see some things on their body. What's going on? So oh, I self-harm. What will that child do? How will you respond if you're, you've noticed that your friend is self-harming? So I think we should have things in church where maybe you can have workshops, we can have times when we talk about these issues. We're talking about mental health today in church. We're talking about eating disorders in church today. We're talking about self-harming. So we teach our young people, how do you respond if your friend is self-harming? Who do you call? We should be aware of the crisis team number. What number can they call? The helpline. There's a child helpline. There's a parent helpline. Their website, their charities. I mean, even if your church is equipped to offer counseling, some churches have trained counselors, psychologists that can deal with mental health issues. So... So the, the child will go to church and they can, the youth worker will be able to notice. We talked about things like a child becoming withdrawn, becoming more irritable. Maybe notice that this child is not as bubbly as they used to be or they don't interact any longer as they used to interact. So as youth leaders, as youth worker, you'll be able to pick up those subtle signs. And you could speak to the parents in confidence or call the child aside and say, is there anything you want to talk to me about? Are there any issues you'd like me to pray with you about? Just prayerfully going to them. They just need to have someone that they can show that they care so that they can open up to them. So churches need to think about doing this. Or as a church, you could also bring in specialists, you know, to conduct this workshop. You could mm -hmm. bring in people that have been, maybe adults that have been through eating disorders or had depression in the past or tried to commit suicide, that they've gone through this dark time and yeah. they've been able to overcome it. Let them come and share their stories. Wow, you've given so many great practical ideas there. And I love, well, it's what I love about your writing and your work generally, your ministry, that you are really kind of bringing together the professional expertise with the spiritual warfare there. You know, let's pray for our children. Let's offer them a safe space to unload. But let's bring in the professional support, the professional help, you know, and make sure that, uh, you know, our, our safeguarding is top notch in our children's and youth groups. That's absolutely key. So thank you for everything you shared. Lots and lots to think about there. My goodness, I want you to come and, and do a workshop at our church. I think our kids and, and young people would benefit so much. Thank you. Um, what I also loved about what you said, sort of going back a, a few sentences, is about the importance of the word and, and getting around the word in, in the family home. And I love how you just make that kind of so 
simple you know we're all so busy aren't we but it doesn't have to be every day for half an hour you know it can be just once a week it can be just sort of five minutes here or there but that time when we can connect and that's something we can embed from when our children are, are really young and kind of linked to that I wanted to ask you because one of our key tools in Parenting for Faith is unwinding, which is all about uh, breaking down, I suppose, those inaccurate views of God that we see portrayed maybe in the media or by our teachers at school or by our school friends. And sometimes children and adults, for that matter, need help unwinding those lopsided views of God that we get from elsewhere. And you kind of touched on this, but could you expand a little bit on the kind of false narratives that victims are believing here, you know, victims of self-harm are, are believing about themselves and God that we can start to help them unwind as Christian parents? Right. So one major thing that um, young people or even adults that go through this is you, you just generally feel God doesn't love me or I'm not worthy of God's love. There's lots of guilt and shame of maybe something you've done. How could God be good if, I mean, you know, people talk about if you say God is a good God, how come all of this is happening in the world? Yeah. You know, how God can love me because of the things I've done. There's no way that it, it can't be that easy that it's just forgiveness is just by accepting, you know, that you're wrong and Jesus would forgive you. So it's all those things that we need to then let our young people to understand. The Romans said, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, There's a lot of guilt and condemnation. Even young people that do, that have eating disorders, whether they anorexia when they don't want to feed themselves, or even if they want to bully me when they feed and then they go and force vomiting. There's so much guilt, so much condemnation. They look at themselves in the mirror and they don't like what they see, you know? Yeah. God talks about love your neighbor as yourself. So if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. So self-love is important. Yes. If you love yourself, you don't harm yourself. So it's not selfish to love yourself. It's actually biblical to actually love yourself. So we need to bring, we need to bring that understanding that it's okay to love yourself and it's it's not it's, it's not right you know for you to think oh yes you know so all those things are what we need to try to get our young people to understand and it's all in the word of god it's yeah. what the word of god says it's part of i mean i talked about there's no condemnation so how do you get young child to see that that you don't have to feel condemned if you're in christ you know if you look if they look at themselves in the mirror they don't like what they can see Bible says God created you in God's image. Mm. We are created in the image of God. So that's what the word of God says. That's what the Bible says. But it's different from what the word says. It's from what we hear in social media. But our children need to hear the right thing at home. They spend such a long time anyway out there. Mm. There's so much that influence that they have with what's being said on social media. Lots of people are confused. Yep. Even some Christians are confused about the yes. word of God. Yeah. And so I think parenting is becoming harder and harder these yes. days because you just want to be sure that your child gets it right. Mm. So you just want to be sure that I don't get the wrong thing, the wrong doctrine, you know, the wrong messages on social media where most people spend all of their time now. So those are the basis of who we are in Christ. Who are you in Christ? Mm. You need to get that basis right. 
That's so good. Thank you. So powerful. And I guess any way we can reinforce that really from the time that our children are born is a good thing. Any way we can frame what's happening to them at any stage in their life in terms of God loves you, God is for you, God created you, you're not a mistake, all that kind of narrative helps to kind of battle against all the noise of the world because there's so many voices I feel shouting at our children mm. these days you know many more than when we were young because mm. of social media because of the 24 7 insistence of, of the world to kind of speak these messages at them so that's so helpful thank you can you just share a little bit what does the bible have to say about self-harm eating disorders any other ways that we might inflict harm on our bodies what 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 do you think the bible has to say on that yeah, so when I think about self-harm and eating disorder, and this, there's some scriptures that just come to my mind. And, you know, I, some, I was meditating on those words and those scriptures. And I think I actually shared them with my daughter as well. She's a young adult now. She's in her 20s. But I remember there'll be times I'll say, oh, today we're going to do, we're going to study this. We're going to do this, you know, just trying to see how I can get her to also understand this. Because obviously, as Christian parents, we may know all of this. We may understand all of this. But our children need to know them for themselves. They need to have a personal revelation of this word and that's what's going to work for them yeah. no matter how much we try to do you know pray teach them the word they need to have that personal relationship and understanding of the word so when i think about self I mean all the destructive behavior there's some of bible verses that just comes to me and uh, there are quite a few of them and there was one in the first corinthians 6 that says that our body is god's temple mm. you know and the spirit of god lives on that inside you do not belong to yourself, but God bought it with a high price, and you must honor God with your body. Yeah. So our body is God's temple. Mm -hmm. God lives inside of us. You don't want to dishonor the temple of God. You don't want to do all sorts of God's, God's temple. See yourself as God's temple. Yeah. Spirit of God doesn't live in heaven. lives inside of you. Mm. the spirit of God lives on our inside I was reading another this popular psalm in Psalm 139 the message yeah. translation it says I thank you I God you are breathtaking body and soul are marvelously made mm. you know I know in the New King James said you are fearfully and wonderfully made Yes. So as I was reflecting on a lot of these Bible verses and it just occurred to me I just came up with about seven declarations which I said you know for a young person, for a young adult, you know, you're struggling with identity, struggling with your body image, struggling whether God loves you. Stand in front of the mirror every morning. Just speak this word into yourself. There's power in our declaration. Mm. You know, we can read the word of God and it doesn't really mean anything to us. Yes. But when we keep declaring the word, the Bible says you are snared by the word of your mouth. And as you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. So we need to encourage our young people to keep declaring that word of God. And like I said, there's about seven of those things that I, I call them seven powerful declarations that you can make, you know, just speak it to yourself. And they're all from the word of God because mm -hmm. God's word is so full of so many promises for every issue that we ever go through in life. There's always something in God's word for us. You know, the, the first one I talked to was in someone that, that says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're beautiful for you. I'm beautiful for my situation. I'm going to personalize it now. I'm beautiful for my situation. I'm the apple of his eye. We can find that in Psalm 8, 17, 8. Ephesians 2, 10 in the New Living Translation said, I'm a masterpiece. You know, I read that and I said, oh, imagine if that actually sinking into a child or a young adult that says, you are God's masterpiece. Yeah. He created you in Christ. 
so that you can do the good things it planned for you. God has got planned for a younger dog. You don't have to end up saying life is you've lost hope. You want to give up totally and do something to yourself. Say, I'm created for God's pleasure. You know, another one says, I'm God's handiwork in Ephesians 2.10 as well. Mm. You know, Genesis 1 that we all know says, I'm created in God's image. And finally, I'm made for God's glory. Wow. They're very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing those. Do you have them um, written up anywhere online? Can anyone find those declarations? So on my blog, I have a resource page on my blog where I have, I just have like series of, I'll just pick up an issue, maybe like anxiety, depression, feeling low, feeling down, other issues. I know most, some of the issues I write about women's health. So the Bible verses that you can use to pray when you're feeling down, when you're feeling depressed. This probably I can upload them to my website at some point as well, declaration when, you know, just mm-hmm. to, to, to encourage who you, you in who you are in Christ, you know, yeah. things you can do, the declaration that you can have. Well, we'll definitely link to that page on your website in the show notes. So do go and check that out. Um, and if you want to uh, rewind the podcast a bit and, and jot those declarations down from here, um, then do because they sound super useful for our children and also for us. So thank you, Shea. This has been such an informative, such a helpful episode. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And we always end our podcast with a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. Today's question is, do you think Jesus ever struggled with things he didn't like about himself? Have a great conversation. We know this is a really um, busy time of year. There's lots going on. There's loads of requests of things to do and things, great things that you can give to. But we would love to encourage you, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you've enjoyed any of our free resources, like that Advent devotional I was talking about um, or the support that's on our website, um, we would love you to chip in with two or three pounds. Um, just click the donate button in the show notes and we would be so grateful Uh, We are only able to do what we do because you so generously contribute and make it possible for us to keep doing it. So thank you so much, anyone who's ever given in the past in any way. And if you're able to um, chip in two or three pounds today to help us keep going, we would absolutely love that. We're going to be back next week talking about arguing. Uh, We're going to have the wonderful Rachel Turner, the founder of Parenting for Faith, talking about how we argue with our children, how we can do that well. See you next week. Bye.